Welcome back. Welcome on the island. This is a podcast. (laughs) This is a podcast where we talk about Survivor, the television show that has been on your screens for nearly 20 years. We are here to preview a brand new season after a long summer break. I literally had to dust off my microphone so we could start recording. It was collecting decay and rust in the corner of my bedroom. But here we are, back for season 39, Island of Idols, here on the island. I am your host, Taylor Gaines, and with me as always, I have an insanely large semi-replica of his head in the corner of my bedroom and it looks kind of like him it's big and made of wood he is tyler b commons that almost makes me never want to like uh speak to you again like in a like a creepy way Uh, it feels very creepy to me you know kind of like rob and sandra It's, it's creepy well it's just something i like to look at before i go to sleep Oh, I mean, as long as you're, like, looking at it in the eyes and dreaming oh, about always. it. I guess that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> always dead in the eyes. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know where this podcast is going to go, Ty, but we're going to talk about everything to do with previewing. Previewing? Previewing? I, can I still speak? It's been a while since we've done this, but we're going to talk about season 39. Everything that's coming, the twists, the cast, mostly. And we're just going to get ready. The show debuts Wednesday, September 25th, which is in a mere couple of days, Ty. Moments away. I'm really... I'm doing it again. I want to get ahead of myself and talk about things. But I'm very excited for this season, which is weird because the whole hype train has been about season 40 and like the season of winners. And then this one was kind of just shoved to the side. But now that this one's like front and center, I'm actually pretty excited to see... Maybe not the theme of this season, but I think I am excited for the cast. I have spent most of the summer not very excited for Survivor to come back, if I'm being honest. Because when we last left, we were finishing our watch of Survivor season 38, Losers or Winners. Which ended in a way I don't feel like rehashing, but essentially someone won who was not on the show. And we've litigated that. I'm not going to re-litigate it but as we have gotten closer and as i researched this cast i got kind of excited again i'm just ready to watch some survivor and see humans play human things yeah i'm i'm really excited because you and i maybe because we love the show so much i always want to throw that in there have been pretty critical of the casting lately and it seems like well, Jeff even said it. We have a whole new casting team in place, and I'm hoping what they did works out really well for this season. On paper, I'm I'm really excited for what it means, but I really want to see them get out there and how this group of people interact with each other. Yeah, my early thoughts on this cast is that you're kind of alluding to this, but they seem to have listened to our many years plea of like... <laughs> Give us something a little more America. Like, not the America we sell in commercials where it's just hot people, 
but like the America that's kind of diverse and interesting. I feel like we have people of all different shapes and sizes. I guess shapes and sizes are kind of similar when you put it that way, but just different types of people appear to make up this cast and I'm pretty interested in it. Yeah, it's one of the things I saw was the youngest player is 23, which I guess is right on par. I mean, they've thrown a couple 18-year-olds out there, but over half the cast is over 30. And we always talk about it. Put people out there that have lived a little bit of life and that know what they're doing. And I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out because, I mean, if you're here, you've listened to me and Taylor for years. Just young, attractive people are fine but they don't I thought you were gonna say boring (laughs) no they're fine but they just don't have like stories and they don't hold maybe they have values too i'm i'm probably overstepping but they don't hold to like a specific code because they've lived it for years and years five minutes into the first episode and ty is already starting to bury himself in classic ty fashion Uh, i just hold back nothing i don't think i'm interesting yet I'm close to 30 now, but I don't think I'm interesting yet. When will you become interesting? Uh, less than a year. I'm going to be 30 in less than a year. So I guess that that's when. When you become interesting, I suppose. No, I, I am excited for this particular cast, and we have a lot of them to talk about. By the way, maybe some of you are finding the show for the first time. If you are, welcome. We're glad to have you here. This is the Survivor Podcast where we... Uh, try to talk about more than what's just happening on the surface of the show, I guess, (laughs) which is why sometimes we devolve into conversations about the state of the show and whether it's good or bad or whatever. But, you know, I I guess I can say this because someone else said it to us, right, Ty? We've had contestants on the show tell us that we have conversations that none of the other podcasts have. You'll have to go back and listen to Davey last season who joined us in week four, I think, of season 38. Maybe you can hear him talk about why he likes us. Am I allowed to use him for marketing purposes? I I feel like we need to ask him, but probably yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But we do try to have uh, castaways on. We usually have at least probably half of our episodes per season will be a castaway guest. Other times it'll just be me and Ty doing it the old-fashioned way. I am hoping before the show starts on Wednesday to have another episode up for you that's more generally talking about the state of Survivor as we head into Season 39 and Season 40. As Ty mentioned before, that's the all-winner season that's coming up with our friend Andy Dennert from realityblurred.com. As long as that plan comes through, God willing, we'll have that out before the show debuts this week as well. But that's all housekeeping. We'll have podcasts for you every friday during the season put out new episodes about the latest week of the show today though ty we're going to talk about the twist the cast all of it so let's start before we get to the cast by talking a little bit about the twist even though i'm not super interested in it i just want to offer the people what information is out there so they can know about it we joked about this in the opening it's revolving around rob and sandra's heads which were built in humongous size and placed on the beach somewhere. And castaways throughout the season will have the opportunity to go visit Boston Rob and Sandra Diaz-Twine to learn skills and strategy from these idols. 
Each player selected to visit the special island in various ways throughout the season will have to decide if they should put their knowledge to the test for a chance at a possible advantage in the game or risk losing something very important in the process. Those who can rise up to the challenge will possibly gain an advantage and continue their individual quest for $1 million in the title of Soul Survivor. Briefly, Ty, I guess it's, quote, a survivor boot camp where each week players can just try to get an advantage by playing with the best of the best. Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's not the part of this concept that I take issue with. Um, I, I think that'd be cool to go hang out with, you know, Rob and Sandra. Like, they are self-proclaimed and proclaimed by a lot of other people to be, you know, two of the best players that ever played the game. Um, they have a long history with it. I'm assuming they're just going to stay out for season 40. I can't remember. Have they been revealed as cast? Whatever. That's so. the next season. The only thing that really worries me is the show is giving advantages away again. And they clearly say that. And I, I don't like, you know, we talked about last year, Rick Devin's essentially having an idol placed in his bag or a clue and it, it came from the edge of extinction but it's like why do they f- i i just hope it's not full of twists and gimmicks and and advantages that no one really deserves i don't want that to be where this show goes I agree with you, obviously. It sounds like there will be all manner of challenges and advantages for them to play for. The first one they talk about is a fire-making challenge against Rob, for example, and I I don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, they even are going so far as to not do the marooning this season because they want contestants to see the title of the season and think that there must be more idols than usual hidden around the island. And it is up to Rob and Sandra's abilities, I suppose, to persuade to see whether word about them being out there will spread or not. It's not really going to be told widely. It's going to be like Ghost Island, which, as we know, was sort of a bad season a couple years ago. But I think it'll probably... (sighs) I think we won't like it (laughs) for reasons that we usually don't like these things where it takes so much time away from the actual game and the actual new players that you wind up wishing you had spent more time doing real Survivor. But at the same time, Rob and Sandra are fun and it could be interesting to have them around. I I don't want to have too much judgment yet, but I am just slightly nervous about it i think i'm more optimistic after seeing the actual cast if that makes sense yeah because you know we're still alluding to it but i think this cast is full of people that are there for a reason they're they don't strike me as a cast of people how do you choose your words correctly they're not there just for like an experience it doesn't seem like it's a cast of people that are going to be okay going home you know, in 20th place, in 15th place, in 12th place. Like, it seems like a cast of people that this has been a dream and they'll accept nothing but, you know, final tribal. And I'm I'm really excited for that. And like you said, when you have something like this where they bring back old players, kind of like they did last season, the whole season 
could revolve around them. Now, Rob and Sandra aren't playing, but if if everything is based around what these two people tell, am I going to have time to learn who these new people are, especially early on in the season? And that's what worries me a little bit is that I love Rob and Sandra, but I don't, we're going to get a season of them this spring. Like I don't need a season of them right now. Well, we'll see what we get. Let's, let's talk about that cast. I don't want to spend much more time on Sandra and Rob because I don't know that it's that interesting to preview them. But there are 20 new people that we can talk about. So what do you say? Let's do it. First off, we're going to talk about the Lyro tribe. Then we'll take a little break and talk about the Vokai tribe. We'll see how those are pronounced as the show comes on. (laughs) But number one, Ty. This is, for the most part, just in the order that it is on the CBS website. And I will be utilizing a collection of player bios, Hollywood Reporter quotes from Jeff, and a bit of video and images just to bring you the information we have here today in this audio-only format. How does that sound? Comprehensive. Ty, first off, we have a man named Ronnie Barda. From Henderson, Nevada, 35 years old, pro poker player who holds the world record for most consecutive caches at the World Series of Poker, which I researched for more than 10 minutes and could not find out what most consecutive caches meant. I think it means he finished in the money a bunch of times, but regardless, someone will tell me what's right and that I am being an idiot. And I will very much appreciate that. Other facts about Ronnie. He's, quote, musically inclined. Grew up in a rough neighborhood and built a life for himself as a professional gambler and has traveled to over 30 countries. Jeff said about him, Ronnie's a really layered, cool dude. And the more I talk to him, the more I like him. He's got a darker look and intensity. Spends a lot of time not showing any emotion and just studying everybody else. But once you crack him open, he's a super soft, likable guy who will share anything. My hope for Ronnie is he gets an alliance going with people who trust him. And then they'll find out they can. Jeff Probst, obviously the host of Survivor since the beginning, in case anyone's new to all this. Ty, what do you think of Ronnie? Obviously, the poker player aspect of it draws a comparison to the infamous War Dog from last season. But what stuck out to you? I, I guess War Dog was a lawyer, right? But he was big on poker stuff maybe i'm misremembering my facts i don't do research for this show as you can tell i'm rambling what do you think of ronnie i think ronnie is a guy that has um a lot of potential because he seems like he can read situations obviously he's a poker player and you know i don't want to put too much clout into that but i'm excited to see if like Jeff says, he does open up with other people and find himself in an alliance of people that genuinely want to work with each other. I'm worried that he might be so closed off and he'll never crack open. Like Jeff said, you know, eventually once you start talking to him, he's an open book, but I'm worried that he's going to, take on his poker player persona a little too long but that being said i really like his chances um he seems like 
he will fit in well with his tribe um and and we'll get to the rest of his tribe but i i think i'm kind of high on him i think i think he's gonna he's got the potential to do well yeah he's got a wide varied background i saw a little video interview of him playing poker he seemed kind of like a confident guy but maybe that was years ago and maybe he's different we'll see what we get from him i and i guess i should say most of the things we're gonna say are really just judging books by their covers as mom and dad always tell you not to do so (laughs) if anyone from the show listens to this and we're saying bad things about you just know that it's because i don't know we don't know that much about you i guess this is maybe me admitting too much that we don't know what we're doing ty cbs is keeping info (laughs) under wraps lately yeah it's been a little tricky this season we basically just had some bios and probesteisms to work with uh but ronnie i I don't know well i i don't i'm not super high on him just from my impression of people like him on this show usually they come off very arrogant and don't do as well but we'll see how he actually is in person i don't really know what to make of someone saying they're musically inclined what does that mean does that mean that's like his primary trait He's into music. Maybe he'll be able to talk to people about music out there. Well, they have nothing to listen to. They can make up some music while they're out there. Number two is Karishma Patel from Houston, Texas, a 37-year-old and I believe one of two personal injury lawyers on the show. She's taken three state bar exams in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Texas and passed them all in the first try. Probst says Karishma is one of my favorite, again, apologies for any name pronunciations in this episode. Jeff said she's one of my favorite people this season, and it's for a very specific reason. She's so clear in why she's doing this, and I love it. I love that she will tell you I'm here, even though I know my culture, that being Indian American, other women like me may look at me and say, you shouldn't leave your husband. You shouldn't come play this silly game. That's not what we do. And her attitude is, it's what I do. And I should be able to do this and still be everything I am to everyone else. Be a wife and a friend and all of those things. It's very powerful for her. And when somebody shares their story like that, it gives all of us permission to do what we think we should do. Jeff said this is one of the strongest female casts he's seen ever on this show. And Karishma leads it off for us here. I'm worried that she's going to play too hard. We we see people fall into that category all the time. And I, I want to be wrong, but just hearing how straightforward she is, um, she'll tell you exactly what's on her mind. And sometimes that can get you in trouble. But like you said... Um, this is supposedly one of the strongest female casts, whatever that means, however you want to categorize strongest female casts. Yeah, Jeff's judgments of those things are usually great. But she she worries me just a little bit. I, I don't want her story to outshine her gameplay. And from you know all the preview things I watched and listened to and read, I'm worried that they like her story better than they like her. Um, and, and I don't want that for her. Yeah, I want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt at this stage, and I don't know what to expect from her. I guess that kind of narrative reminds me of 
Shirin, I think it was, who was very vocal about that part of her life, which wound up being to her detriment, it seemed, from the way her castaways felt about her. But, you know, Karishma's a lawyer. I don't, I'm not going to say all lawyers are the same, but I assume that as a lawyer, you must be able to work with people and communicate pretty well. So, <laughs> I like her. I don't know. I, I don't feel particularly passionate about either of these first two people. We'll see. I will say that uh, in her bio, these very questionable bios that sometimes tell you a lot about people and sometimes tell you nothing about them. She said, I'm terrified of alligators. So she may very well be terrified of this next castaway. Elizabeth Bizel, a University of Florida graduate who was the youngest member of the United States Olympic team in the year 2008 at 15 years old. She swam backstroke and individual medley placing second at the 400-meter individual medley at the 2016 U.S. Olympic swimming trials, which qualified her for a third Olympic team. At the 2008 trials, she finished second to Katie Hoff in the 400-meter individual medley. Hoff went on to set the world record in that race. In the 200-meter backstroke, Bicel, Bicel, we'll see, finished second to Margaret Holzer, who also set the world record. This is a person famous enough. She's 26 years old now. Famous enough that when you Google her, she gets the little Google box on the right side of the page. So good for her. Hopefully she won't finish second to a world record breaker once again on this season of Survivor, Ty. Yeah, she she is another question mark for me. And I I feel like that's unfair because I have a lot of question marks this season just with the info that's put out there. But the, the... the big bit of info that stuck out is she's very energetic and that can sometimes be polarizing to people. Like if you're out starving and have to build a shelter and someone's like miss spunk, miss energy, miss always positive, which is what I assume goes along with that. And that could be a leap, but I don't want her to become annoying. If that makes sense. I think it's going to be better if no one recognizes her. Um, which is generally best for celebrities if people don't know who they are. But I'm also really excited to see if she can rally people around her with that energy. You know, energy can be... High energy can be positive or negative. It just depends on how you use it. And I want to know if she's going to use that to her advantage or if that's going to become a big disadvantage. Yeah. Ty, obviously, you can speak on that as a famously high-energy person. Always. Go get her. (laughs) But yeah, Jeff said she's definitely one of the one or two most energetic people in his mind. He also mentions that she's a newer fan and might lack a little bit of survivor background and experience. I'm sure she did her research like anybody else as she prepared to go on the show. But this is a season where there are not a lot of recruits. Like For the most part, it seems to be heavy survivor fans. From what I can tell, there are only a couple that were recruited, including a former NHL player who we'll talk about later. But yeah, I think Elizabeth, I trust people who are athletes and also smart and also went to University of Florida. So what can I do? (laughs) That's not biased at all. Yeah, and I'm definitely not simultaneously watching a recording of a Florida game as we record this podcast. 
tie number four on the Lyro tribe is Missy Bird, 24 years old, from Tacoma, Washington. An Air Force veteran as of when she went on this show. From what I saw in the preview video, she basically finished her enlistment, I suppose, and went straight onto the island in Fiji. I didn't get much out of her bio other than her saying that she would describe herself as, quote, decently dope. (laughs) I'm going to make a t-shirt that just says decently dope. Just start wearing it around. She is a person for me that I want to... It piqued my interest being a veteran... Veteran? Veteran? Being fresh out of the military. (laughs) (laughs) At um, at 24, like, that's young. And I, I want to know what she learned from that. You know, we've had former military people come on that are great and relate to people, but we've also had some that come on and don't mesh well with others because they're used to things being done in a particular way. And I, I want to know where she's going to fall in that. I think well, she, cause she's got an be, interesting mix too, where she's 24 years old and a veteran. So like, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how ingrained that military dogmatic way of doing things is and if she just got out of the military like is that from 18 i don't i don't know like you said we didn't get a whole lot of information from her jeff caesar in an all-woman alliance but who, who knows i don't really want to put her in that box but let's I, talk I, more about jeff's I'm views curious. on women i want to I, <laughs> i'm curious and i want to see what she does next up dean kowalski from new york city he's in tech sales 28 years old i couldn't decide what to make of Dean because there were things that made me think he was just a bro and then there were other things that made me think maybe he's not just a bro that's my complex thought on this he said (laughs) DJing is a hobby of his which has plenty of connotations fair or unfair but he also hates his roommates leaving dishes in the sink Ty and I get that you know (laughs) And he had a quote in his bio. He said, I have recently grown to appreciate astronomy, physics, and our place in the universe. He seems like a a bro that is realizing you can't go through life being a bro your whole life, <laughs> the whole time. Um, I, I think one of the funny things uh, Jeff said um, is my first impression wasn't favorable I just thought he was so cocky. I mean, he's swaggered in like a player. Quote, look, check out these sweats I got on probes. You wish you could wear something like this. (laughs) So I'm interested to see if he is going to play the bro or if he's going to play the kind of reserved, thoughtful, thinking about life kind of guy. Um, I I don't know which direction he's going to go. Maybe a little bit of both. Um, they also said he's super gifted athletically, which could help early on. Um, you you don't want to just get rid of every single athletic person unless you're someone from the last like three seasons. But I think that he's going to at least help a tribe early. Yeah, he feels to me like one of those. Even though this season is a lot different in the makeup of the cast than it usually is he still feels like one of those 
buff young dudes who's just gonna skate along for a while (laughs) and we won't get to find out whether he's good until much later speaking of athletes though the next member of the lyro tribe is a former nhl player who i alluded to a few minutes ago 60 year old tom laidlaw and I'm sure there are real hockey fans who are older than me who can tell me how I'm pronouncing that wrong. He currently lives in Greenwich, Connecticut. I'm pretty sure he's the first Canadian to come on the show given some of Survivor's casting rules. And I think he's the oldest person on this season. I don't have my ages sorted by a spreadsheet, but as we go through this episode, I can confirm that fact. He was the 93rd overall pick in the 1978 NHL draft, played 774 games as a defenseman, amassing 185 points and 795 penalty minutes. I always mm-hmm. love in hockey that you somehow get penalty minutes included in your stats as if it's like a great thing. Across 11 seasons in New York and Los Angeles, he was named the 87th greatest ranger of all time in the book 100 ranger greats superstars unsung heroes and colorful characters i read an interview with him actually he probably offered more than most of the other castaways because he was interviewed for a sports publication and said that uh as i mentioned before he was one of two recruits so that confirms my memory since i'm kind of all over the place here him and the Olympic swimmer who we mentioned, Elizabeth. Tom said, listen, and I've never heard him talk, so forgive me. This is the way I live my life. I'm out of bed at 3.30 a.m. I make my bed perfect. I'm out the door at 4 a.m. I march. I weigh all my food. That's how I'm going to act when I go out on the show. I'm going to live my life. The true grit life. I've never heard a Canadian with a Western accent. (laughs) In his bio, it said, what's one thing we wouldn't know from seeing a photo of you? He said, I don't like heights. (laughs) Tom is one of those guys that I'm really excited to see play the game. I I don't know why, but if you get older people that seem capable, which he does you know, just physically being able to handle the elements and and all the things that go along with playing the game. Uh, I'm really excited to see how he handles that. Uh, It's said um, maybe this is his being a professional athlete, um, but he can be a bit abrasive and he can um, challenge people. And uh, Jeff said he, he's one of those guys that's like, I can build my own damn shelter. I'll grab a fish with my hands. I don't need that spear. And I, I'm interested to see like if that's going to make him fun and entertaining and people are going to gravitate towards that or if that's going to be isolating. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with him this season. It definitely seems to help to be like the old guy who's also like in great shape because then he'll be much less susceptible to being pigeonholed as the old guy perhaps. Mm-hmm former hockey player too he could probably beat the crap out of you <laughs> but we'll see i like him i think he's gonna be fun definitely based off jeff's characterization of him he seems like he'll be entertaining at the very least next up though keep it moving aaron meredith a gym owner from warwick rhode island 36 years old 
He once had his own kettle corn business, and he's annoyed by people who drive slow in the left lane. Ty, have you ever been a member at a gym? If anyone's ever seen me, they know I have not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Aaron owns gyms, so... And he hates slow drivers in the left lane. So basically, yeah, we're these the are same things person. we are now repeating. <laughs> um, I, I like Aaron. Um, again, and I don't know if I can overemphasize this, overstress this. This is the most diverse cast we've seen in a while. It's not just a bunch of young white people survivor, and I, I think that's great. And seeing. You know, he's young-ish, still in his 30s, um, owns his own business, uh, has worked hard at owning another business. Like, I'm excited to see driven people from different walks of life, Uh, although he's weirdly one of the, like, three Rhode Islanders, which is just super strange that they got that many cast from such a small (laughs) place. But uh, he's a person I want to see interact with others because... I don't want him to isolate himself. I want him to get in with people and find a solid group of people that he can move forward with. I was like getting boring dude vibes from him. Just, I guess his bio was written poorly and I was just thinking, ugh, this strikes <laughs> me as one of those buff dudes who's just going to be silent for half the season and we're, we're going to be sitting here saying, who is Aaron? Is that mm-hmm. a person on this show? But I'm obviously bringing a lot of preconceptions to that kind of thought. So we'll see what happens with him. It's funny that we mentioned this being our judge a book by the cover episode because Jeff described him as a really great example of don't judge a book by its cover. Jeff says he's a soft guy who relates in life as a dad, that he's just a family man and a businessman who might integrate well with younger people. So we shall see. But as we talk about younger people and we talk about diversity of Survivor, our next contestant is Vince Mua Moa from Palo Alto, California, 27 years old, an admissions counselor. And, you know, he doesn't talk about this in his bio too much. But in the commercials, I was like, oh, this is <laughs> going to be a question of whether Survivor's gotten any better at doing this stuff he's asian american and gay and i don't know that we've had that kind of representation on the show before but he seems (laughs) very interesting at least and as a writer i'm mostly judging these people based off the bios that they put in but like his was full of just stuff i could spend a long time talking about i guess his bio we should throw out first is that He came from a family where his father at 16 years old ran from the mountains of Laos through jungles laced with landmines, buzzing with bullets. I'm sure that story has become more intense as years have gone on, but he escaped communist Viet Cong and Pathet Lao followers to refugee camps in Thailand in an attempt to escape ethnic genocide. After miraculously making it across the Mekong River and into the camps, He was relocated to Montana with nothing more than the clothes on his back. And he described his most proud accomplishment as buying his mother a new refrigerator in 2017 just because of the symbolism of it. 
in that his mother and father were not able to afford new appliances and had been using the same old refrigerator for 12 years. So it was very meaningful for me to buy her something she really wanted and needed. So he has a nice inspirational backstory. He also seems funny. His three words to describe him were actually much more than three words just because he decided to throw some hyphens in there. His three words were shamelessly me. That's one. Quick-witted. That is basically one in real life anyway. And not afraid to flip tables. (laughs) So we'll see what that means. And his pet peeve, when people... Vince, I, I need to take some questions here. I have some questions here. His pet peeve is when people don't understand that the middle seat passenger has rights to both armrests. Does the middle seat passenger have rights to both armrests? That sounds insane. That's questionable. I mean, I feel like, yeah, come on. I feel like you just, you pick one and then you dictate what happens around you based off of that. Yeah, I mean... Flying's not my favorite, so uh, I'm probably, if I'm in the middle seat, gripping both armrests, so I can't really speak into this. <laughs> Jeff said there's never been anybody like Vince ever. I can't imagine there will ever be anybody like Vince again. He's the only person I've met who truly has two distinct personalities. He has this homeboy, as he says, and then the other guy who works in college, admission, and is upstanding and speaks differently. He can just go in and out of any story... He might find a younger person he connects with or maybe a weird connection with somebody older. I don't know, but he's a smart guy and I think he'll be underestimated because he's peculiar to be around. I don't think he'll be unsettled by anything. That's Vince. He's, I mean, this guy's going to have to be at least great TV, right? Yeah. Uh, peculiar to be around. That's such <laughs> like a non-specific phrase for either he's going to find a group of weird people be with him or he's going to be on the outs early and i'm worried that he's going to be on the outs early because jeff is like well we cast him but i i don't know where he's going to fit is he going to hang out with the younger people what is having two separate personas personalities the homeboy or the upstanding admissions counselor like how do those two go hand in hand what's who's he going to show what you know i'm i'm worried I'm worried for him. I think this could be one of those cases where Survivor runs the risk of things not going well. I, I think he's the person, if anyone's going to be put in a box, it seems to me like it's going to be him. Yeah, and a box that is more so just a here's a weird guy box, you know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, hopefully his personality will shine through in a way that gets around whatever work the producers are trying to do. Because I don't trust them in situations like this, usually. (laughs) But I'm excited to see him. Two more people on the Lyro tribe. Elaine Stott, a 41-year-old factory worker from Rockholds, Kentucky. I guess I should have saved my Western voice for this. But, again, maybe she doesn't have a Western accent. Or Southern. Or whatever I was was doing. Kentucky would be Southern. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just all over the map with judging people and the way they talk and where they're from today but some of her answers were very (laughs) southern sounding answers her hobbies are four-wheeling fishing and taking my boat to the lake but 
we've been surprised by this type of person on Survivor before. Like Lauren Rimmer, obviously, is one of our favorites from the last few years. And as we have talked about on this show before, all these people are real humans. So it is cool to hear stories like Elaine's where she says that her proudest accomplishment was stepping up and taking care of loved ones when they needed her. She took care of her grandpa, who helped raise her when he got sick until he passed. Her godmother lost her daughter and her husband and then had a stroke all within eight months. Uh, Her mom was recently in a coma and on life support. For months, she fought to get stronger and relearn everything. I was by her side the whole time. The plan was for her to come live with me afterwards so I could take care of her. Unfortunately, she passed away from complications before that could happen. She said, to some stuff like that, being there for people like that may not be a quote-unquote accomplishment, but to me, that's the only stuff that matters. I'm proud to be that kind of person. I really hope that she finds a place in this show because just the way that she's handled adversity and, uh, you know, you said we like Lauren Rimmer and uh, I'd... I'm hesitant to just throw her into that box, even though that would be what's easy to do. Yeah, and Jeff did that too, but... But I, I really want her to go far. They, they've they released a couple, um, I think, one-minute, two-minute videos on CBS where it actually shows you the first few minutes of the season. And she seems like she's actually fitting in well and speaking her mind and, you know, not not kind of being shy and sitting back and listening. And I, I just hope that that comes off in a positive way and that she finds an alliance. Yeah, just reading what she had to say, uh, she seems delightful to me. I think uh, Jeff says he wants to have a beer with her. She says she comes off as a hard ass but is a big softy. I think I will probably like her. Finally, Ty, we have Chelsea Walker. The final member of the Lyro tribe, a 26-year-old, and uh, like me, Ty, a digital content creator. Do you know what she actually creates? Is she like a YouTuber? Content, Ty. Yeah, but is she like a YouTuber or is she a podcaster? Is she like a Ty? Humans are Twitch just streamer, walking piles of goop, who create content for each other. That's all we do. All right. I actually really liked her because. She spent most of her bio quoting Curb Your Enthusiasm (laughs) and making jokes about Larry David. She listed watching Curb Your Enthusiasm and her hobbies. She said her inspiration in life was Larry David, Larry David because he respects wood, which is a reference, I guess, you would only get if you watch the show, but it's funny. And then to the question, what is one thing we wouldn't know from seeing a photo of you? She said, I'm pretty... Pretty, pretty good. (laughs) So for the people who are with me, I like her. Uh, Jeff said, she's been in the mix more than any person I can remember. She would know how many times, but we almost put her on the show several times. It was heartbreaking every time we had to call her and say, it's not going to work. And I think there was a point where she probably thought, oh, they're just BSing me. But we kept bringing her back. And this season, it finally worked out. Jeff actually said because of that, he thinks her biggest liability is that she has been waiting so long to play that she might overplay. What'd you think of her, Ty? I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on her. I Mostly I want 
to know what digital content creator is. I want to know what she does. <laughs> does she like produce magazines? I don't know. She seems like she looks like the youngest person out there, which is weird because she's 26 and, you know, not 18 like the youngest people have been lately. Um, and I'm curious to see. I just I don't have a clue where she's gonna fit. What has being in the running for a long time been? You know, has it been like two seasons, three seasons, five seasons? Um, I I am worried also that she's gonna overplay, but I don't know. I she she's like probably the biggest question mark for me in the sense that I mm. have no idea what to expect. Yeah, definitely one of the people that comes off as a cool, fun person, but it's hard to tell how they'll play Survivor. I. Uh... I'm pulling for any fellow Kerber Enthusiasm fans, I guess. I know my dad will like her. That's it, though, Ty, for the Lyro tribe. Ronnie, Karishma, Elizabeth, Missy, Dean, Dean the DJ. That's what I'll call him. Tom, Aaron, Vince, Elaine, and Chelsea. So we got a few more people to go through on the Vokai tribe, and then we will predict our final three and our winners. But let's give you a little break. Uh, Maybe I'll put some fun music in here or something. How about that, Ty? Sounds swell. We're back here to preview the final 10 members of season 39 of Survivor on the Vokai tribe. Let's get going, Ty. First off, Lauren Beck from Glendale, California, a 28-year-old nanny. She might not like certain parts of our podcast. One of her pet peeves is saying literally before sentences, and I feel one or both of us has surely done that i've literally never done that (laughs) one of our other pet peeves is clapping when a plane lands lots of plane talk on this episode and i gotta say that is an infuriating thing but also is it i i feel like my reaction is who are these weirdos clapping that we landed a plane but then when you really sit down and think about it the fact that we can transport from place to place through a giant metal tube and do it so consistently safely in this country is maybe really something to be applauded i could see that being a jerry seinfeld bit he's like what's the deal with airplanes it's like a giant can in the sky Uh, her inspiration in life was her stepdad charles who raised her since she was 10 months old and is everything a girl could ask for this made me laugh for some reason Quote, he always brings me Starbucks whenever I ask. (laughs) So parents of America know that in order to inspire your children and have them love you forever, all you have to do is just bring them Starbucks whenever they ask. So she was a person and Jeff said it might have been a former contestant. I can't remember. People come up to me quite often and say, hey, I've got a friend. I think they'd be really great 
on Survivor, and I go, great, send me a drive, send me a YouTube. No one's ever gotten on the show that way. And I have a good friend who said, hey, I hate to do this to you. Very good friend of ours. Thinks she should be on the show. And they handed me the drive, and Lauren popped up from behind her friend and was like, hey, that's me. That's me on the drive. You need to get me. So interesting. Not The thing uh, I love about that story is it implies that she's like a magician. Or like Jeff was hanging out with his friend, and then as soon as they mentioned her by name, she's like, hello, I'm here. It's like I dream of Jeannie. She just blanked. But um, I'm excited to see her game play. Have they ever had like a nanny on the show? Oof. I don't even know how to... I feel like that needs to be categorized, but I don't know how to categorize (laughs) it, if that makes any sense. Like, I want to put nanny in a box, but there's literally no box to do it because I don't know if we've ever had a full-time nanny as a contestant. Well, I think she'll do well because, you know, like, nanny knows when to put baby in the corner. So, like, she should be able to tell when people are being annoying and when she can lay off of them. And hopefully that'll help her navigate. I mean, I guess she's not working with children. She's actually, at 28, one of the younger people. But we'll see. I I definitely like the personality she shows and even the personality that comes across in that story from Jeff. So we'll see. I guess I, guess I could end every one of these with, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. Next up, Molly Byman. 27-year-old law student from Durham, North Carolina. Her hobbies tie a lot of INGs. Running, skiing, biking, hiking, reading, playing, board games, traveling, and balling out for delicious meals. Uh, And in case you wanted a little bit more airport talk, one of her pet peeves is people who are unprepared at airport security... It's almost as if most of these people were writing their bios while getting on the plane to fly to Fiji. (laughs) (laughs) They got there and they're like, man, this is the only thing that I can think about when people don't have their passport ready. (laughs) She seems driven. I mean, she's a law student. Apparently she called the show and said, I'm in law school. I need to pay my tuition. Am I on the show or not? (laughs) And they said, don't pay. We're committing to you right now. Which is like a long way out because, you know, was it Davey that said they even flew him out like to Fiji and then he wasn't actually on the show or something? I can't remember. Or Davey was the alternate. So for a show that doesn't commit to people, it's interesting that they committed to her so far in advance, but um, it's cool. I'm interested to see how she mixes with people. We have a law student. We have two lawyers. Uh, Maybe there'll be some connection there. I don't know. I, I can't get... I feel so bad because I feel like I can't get a good read on any of these people unless they have a strong, strong trait or quirk that sets them apart in a negative way. That just says more about you than them, Ty. I guess. I like her. I think one of the law people on this season is going to do well. We'll see who it is. Just the energy that I get from her... <laughs> in the bio and in the pictures is a similar energy to stephanie can't remember her last name gonzalez from a couple seasons ago not that stephanie it was the The like bubbly like yoga stephanie 
And I, I get that kind of vibe from Molly. So may, I feel like she'll be fun and cool. But I am excited to see how it plays out. Uh, next up, we have our, I believe, our second oldest contestant, Janet Carbon. 59 years old, a chief lifeguard from Palm Bay, Florida. Definitely one of the boring and undescriptive profiles as far as those go. But I always find it interesting the way that people answer the question, what's one thing we wouldn't know from seeing a photo of you? Because it tells you a lot about what they think about themselves, both in how they think they're perceived and how they think they actually are and what what perceptions hold up and what don't. But hers, she just said, I come off tough and stern not true (laughs) and i just have been thinking about that a lot because like even that is written in a way that sounds tough and stern it's 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 hard to make yourself sound nice i think is my point a lot of these people will write these long things where they're like i'm a social person i get along so well with people you're like well we'll see guy jeff though said that she was on the show five seconds after she sat down and started telling us stories of being a lifetime lifeguard running a beach with a hundred other lifeguards or some crazy number of people that she leads. You look at her and you know what, Ty, you just get it. She doesn't care about how she looks. She doesn't care about what you think about her. She's just, I'm me. This is what I do. People seem to like me. It's been doing okay. And I think this beach full of men that work for me, dig me. I think my tribe's going to dig me. I'll be the best swimmer out here. Obviously, she won't be because there's an Olympic swimmer out there. But the point is, she's hardcore, Ty. She knows who she is. And I'm excited to see someone who knows who she is. I'm, I don't want That's her usually to- our main complaint, right? Is a lot of these people don't know <laughs> who they are. Yeah, and I, I, hope that, I hope the rest of the cast doesn't just put her in the she's a 59-year-old woman box. I mean, she's, she's a lifeguard in florida obviously she's been swimming in outdoors and she's got to be in some kind of physical shape to keep doing that and i hope that that really shows shows up and doesn't i think that'll help get her out of the box now maybe the with the weird twist of there being no marooning no one's going to get to see her swim immediately but i hope that I hope that she can survive the first couple votes and not say, well, she's an old lady. Let's get rid of her. I have to wonder if this is a consideration this season to cast older people who are like amazing older people because each tribe has a 60-year-old essentially who is like in peak physical shape. Maybe not peak, but, you know, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like they're just trying to see if they can find new ways 39 seasons in to not have these people be voted off right away. So we'll see. I think having an overall more diverse cast will definitely help. I like her. I'm just, my survivor instincts are like hard to be optimistic. Next up, Ty from Philadelphia, born and raised. I don't know. That might not be true. Kelly Kim, 29 years old, an MBA student. (sighs) How, how do you feel about Settlers of Catan? Catan? <laughs> um, I actually really like the game. Um, big fan. I don't know that um, I'm a Cities and Knights fan, which I think she said was her oh, favorite. Yes. Does that mean something? Yeah. It's, 
there's a lot of expansions for the game. Um, I'm sure there's a Settlers of Catan podcast out there if you want to go learn more. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm more of a, a base game kind of person because I don't like complicated. <laughs> but Cities and Knights is by far the best expansion I've played, so she does have that going for her. This has been our report from Special Settlers of Catan correspondent Tyler B. Commons. Now back to the show. I find that game boring because I never know who's winning until you'll be playing for like an hour and then somebody will be like, I win. And you'll be like, what? <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. I find it frustrating. It's one of her hobbies is the reason I bring it up. Yes, 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 obviously. I think that she could be a little too standoffish. Um, at least this was kind of Jeff's assessment of her. Is She wants other people to come to her to be in an alliance and don't isolate yourself i hope she doesn't isolate herself i hope that she can find a group of people to work with for a while but i'm really scared when people expect things of others that they don't expect of themselves um and i know i'm guilty of that in a lot of situations (laughs) maybe that's why i haven't been cast but um i think that she has a big question mark in that sense for me is is she gonna play the game little air quotes or is she going to uh sit on the sideline and wait for someone to invite her to play the game yeah i think i hear you but at the same time i don't trust jeff's observations of people very much (laughs) and she sounds like she has a strategy like she she mentioned looking for like a meat shield just having some big dude help skirt her along i guess and survivor has become a very weird challenge the last couple of seasons of like being threatening but not too threatening and Mm -hmm. constantly voting out the most threatening person so maybe this kind of person could benefit the most from that she was on the harvard varsity soccer team i'm i don't know what kind of people are on varsity soccer teams at ivy league schools but Maybe that'll come in handy. Some weird mix of social, recreational smartness. And she hates mayo. This is another one, Ty. What's one thing we wouldn't know from seeing a photo of you? And her answer was, I hate mayo. If I had to eat a tub to get to the final three, I'm not sure I could do it. Like, I'm just fascinated by... (laughs) Like, if someone said, hey, Ty, what would we not know from looking at a picture of you? What's happening in your brain that makes that be your first answer? You know what people would not know about me? I hate mayonnaise. (laughs) Maybe um, they were serving sandwiches at Casting Call, and she was like, ugh, this has mayonnaise on it. You know what they need to know? They're stupid. (laughs) Oh, anyway, that's Kelly. Moving on. Jason Linden. Our second personal injury lawyer, 32 years old, from New York City. His hobbies are very boring. Sports, music, and learning new things. And frankly, I didn't get much else out of his bio. Anything about him stand out to you, Ty? Uh, It's hard to say, but Jason Linden might be generic white guy in jeans of the season. Um, Hey, well, that won a million dollars last year, so. uh, Yeah, it did. So, you know, mad props He's certainly not as handsome or buff as Chris Underwood, if I'm allowed to judge people based <laughs> off of looks. I don't know. Jeff said he pays attention a lot to how he communicates with others, and I think that that could be positive. Um, I think that could get him out of the white guy in jeans box. 
and, and I want to see... For what it's worth, he's wearing a swimsuit in the picture. He is. And I want to see how he works with the other people on an emotional level. Being a personal injury lawyer, uh, lawyers are analytical. Uh, maybe that's putting them in way too much of a box. But I, I want to see if he also possesses the emotional credibility to connect with his tribe mates. We'll see. Jeff said he's very disarming, and I think he's a killer. Don't know. Nothing stood out to me. <laughs> a few more people, Ty. Jack Nickting from Harrisburg, Virginia, 23-year-old graduate student. A few, like, grad MBA students on here. This guy really <laughs> could be could be fun. I'm not sure. He could not be. His, he, he's one of those people that is either going to be, like, a vacuous, like, surfer bro or he's going to be like Devin, and we're going to be like, I love this guy. Let's make him the cover photo of our Twitter page. And I'm not sure which. His hobbies are CrossFit, listening to and singing musicals, all-you-can-eat sushi, and exploring the world. He actually name-checks Devin in his Survivor contestant that you're most like, saying he absolutely loves life and constantly radiates good vibes. He's always smiling, and so am I. I don't know, Ty. As I've gotten older... <laughs> I've grown to just love these type of people. So I'm interested to see how Jack plays. Yeah, I want to see if he can live up to being fun, easygoing, but also have that athletic side that he talked about with CrossFit and exploring the world, whatever that means. He's a he's a big question mark. Um, I think the one thing that Rick Devins had going for him that Jack doesn't have is age because I think Jack is the youngest or tied with the youngest. And weirdly this season, that could be another box that he might be placed into. And I think that could be sort of his undoing, but I really hope that people mesh with his personality. Yeah. Jeff said they almost put him on the show last year. He came out as an alternate as you, you were talking about alternates before. Mm -hmm. Um, and he eventually did get on, so good for him. Nora Salmon. I'm sure that's how that's pronounced. It's spelled N-O-U-R-A and then Salmon, S-A-L-M-A-N, from North Potomac. Potomac? I'm just all over the place today. Maryland. An entrepreneur. Ty, I had to try to do some research because her bio said nothing about her. The most interesting thing about it, again, was what's one thing we wouldn't know from seeing a photo of you? And she said... This was in one, one paragraph. I love frogs, period. I don't drink and have never done a drug or smoked a cigarette in my life. I will spend the rest of this day and maybe the rest of my life pondering the connection between frogs and alcohol and why those two things came up in her head in that order. But nonetheless, I could not figure out what she did because there was nothing in her bio about who she was as an entrepreneur. But Fortunately, Ty, I found norasalmon.com, also known as at Nora Knows Best. She has 25,000 followers on Instagram. She seems to be a food nutrition type uh, person, wishing you health, wellness, and happiness. In her past life, she was a burned-out CPA practicing for over 10 years in the D.C. area. As the years went by, food quickly became my greatest source of pleasure and pain, and now she lives in Miami, just telling people how to live and make beautiful bodies for themselves. Food is pain and pleasure. 
she's in that she's in a weird place for me i don't weirdly i feel like all the women on this season are either much younger than her or much older than her other than um karishma and karishma's on the other tribe and i just i don't know that she i don't know who she's gonna gel with i don't I don't know what entrepreneur, like you said, uh, apparently has to do with food. I, she just seems to me like the odd man out, not because there's anything wrong with her, abrasive with her, whatever, but she just doesn't seem, if you can put other people in groupings or clusters or categories, she just uh, seems like she would be in her own. And I, that worries me about her chances to go far in this game. I just like... I don't know what to make of influencers. She could be... But I feel like we don't have a cast out there that's into influencers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think anyone is going to look at her and be like, you're an influencer? That's awesome. That's why I'm worried about it. Because, like, on a season... And I we like Libby, obviously. We've had her on the podcast. But, like, on a season where it's, like, a bunch of hot people and there's an influencer, they're they're all just, like, they become high schoolers hanging out in the cafeteria again and i i guess we'll see how socially adept she is as the show goes along but you know she seems like a smart capable person obviously i mean twenty five thousand instagram followers is probably enough to be making some money off of it <laughs> i would have to think our next one ty is 26 year old tommy sheehan from long beach new york fourth grade teacher he likes surfing, even though he lives in New York. Plays sports. One of his hobbies is apparently asking questions to my magic eight ball, which made me laugh more than it should have. I kind of loved him. I don't know what it is. But I think part of it is I can't really recall the last time there was an elementary school teacher on this show. And that's just kind of a wholesome, fun thing to root for. Yeah, he is one of those people that I feel like everybody's going to like. And he seems, let's put it this way, to work with students, you have to be able to tolerate a large amount of shenanigans or uh, idiocracy, I guess. How would you know, Ty? I don't know. I don't know what I do anymore. (laughs) Um, And I feel like, I think that he is going to be able to fit in with everybody and in By a the way, season, in case anyone's never listened, I'm messing with him. Ty obviously works with the students all the time. And in a season where there's not that huge dominant physical threat, I hope he doesn't shine as a huge dominant physical threat. That would probably be the one thing I'm worried about the most for him. But I, I really think that he has a good shot at lasting a long time in this game. Yeah, I like him. But uh, like you said, it's a fine line. Two more people, Ty, and then we're out of here. Jamal Shipman, obviously, we'll give our predictions. 33 years old, Providence, Rhode Island. There you go again. And uh, actually, another one who works with young kids, admissions counselor K-12. through I enjoyed him. Both his story and the way he talks is fun and inspirational. His educational path, he said after eight years at a public school in Jersey City, He was accepted to a program in New York that prepared him for high school at a New England prep school, which opened the door for him to attend and graduate from Brown University, 
another Ivy League school, which is in Providence, so I guess he never left. With some bumps along the way and lots of help from those who care about me, I was able to make it through and be where I am today. His pet peeve, Ty. I hate bugs that insist on leaving behind itchy, painful bumps. I don't mind sharing my blood with you, but why the discomfort? Why the ache? It's pretty rude, if you ask me. I think Jamal was one of my uh, favorite people to watch just interact with the world. I hope that he is accepted and he just seems he seems fun he seems kind of like a he could be a big physical threat i i hope that he um does well jeff said that they basically had him on another season and then pushed him back and Mm. you know his kind of persona changed he used to be a long-haired guy and now he's short and yeah whatever that means but i i hope that jamal i hope he fits in well and i hope that he seems like he's very um, in tune emotionally. And I hope that he can find people that are willing to have those emotional relationships, not just kind of power struggles and using each other to get farther and farther. I hope he can find a core group of people that he actually can trust. Yeah, he seems like another person just like uh, Tommy, who we just talked about, who just feels very wholesome and positive. And I like him a lot. I, there's actually a lot of people I like on this season, and I feel like I'm going to have a harder time picking a final three than usual. One more, though, Ty. Dan Spilo from Los Angeles, a 48-year-old talent manager. Again, not a lot stuck out to me. I'm interested in this dynamic of, like, sort of a Hollywood type fitting in with this particular cast. But... I don't know. What's one thing we wouldn't know from seeing a photo of you? He said, I'm a big softy. As my first client always reminds me, I cried at Finding Nemo. I have a lot of questions about that statement. As you know, or maybe don't, we recorded a podcast last year called Natural Selection, where Tyler and I watched all of the Pixar movies and ranked them, had you vote on them, determined the greatest Pixar movie of all time, which I won't spoil. And, uh, I think Finding Nemo is a worthy movie to cry at, personally. Yeah, especially that interesting. Um, is there a movie you're embarrassed to admit that you cried at? No. I mean, I don't I don't cry often, and I feel like the ones I have cried in are, like, total tear-worthy, <laughs> if that makes sense. I think I cried during the movie Click, and I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I don't... I think you're probably in a vast minority of people that have cried during movies, but maybe not. Wait, are you saying minority of people who have cried during movies in general? No, during Click, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, I, have, I would have to think. Movie. Probe says Dan has the mind to play this game. He won't hesitate to make moves. I wouldn't trust him. I, I don't know what to make of him. We'll have to see if he comes off as like a Hollywood guy or just like a dude. Yeah, uh, casting someone you wouldn't trust uh, could be fun and entertaining, but I, he just doesn't seem to me like he's got somebody to click with either because I feel like you said we have two essentially 60-year-olds, then we have a bunch of kind of 30-year-olds and 20-year-olds, but he's smack in the middle at 48, and I, I don't... 
I don't know. I, I just I don't get a good feeling that he's going to last very long. Sadly. Yeah, maybe in this weird season of buff old people, he'll be like the odd one out as a forty-eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. By the way, Ty, the average age of the Lyro tribe, which was the first one we talked about, thirty-four years old. The average age of this tribe, the Vokai tribe, thirty-four point one. Who said Survivor doesn't trust metrics? That 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 does sound almost intentional. Like those numbers are very very close. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. That's all 20. We talked a little bit about Rob and Sandra. On the second tribe, again, we had Lauren, the nanny, Molly, Janet, Kelly, Jason, Jack, Nora, Tommy, Jamal, and Dan. So if you're like us, even looking at pictures and doing all this research, you probably won't remember a lot of these names just from... from these preview times but let's give them some names to remember ty let's pick our final three predictions and winners that way people can at least have a few people to uh keep in mind as we go about the opening of survivor season 39 all right well if we're going through three people that we think are going to make it i think one of the top three and this is probably well in my mind it feels like the stretch which is why I'm going first with this person. I think Elaine Stott. We talked about her possibly being a Lauren Rimmer type, and I think that uh, I think that she is not threatening enough and kind enough and genuine enough that if she finds herself with people that, you know, like we said, don't judge a book by its cover, I think that she could sneak her way top three. I hope that she could at least. Cool. Who else? Oh, you're looking for all three of mine right now. Okay. I want all three, Ty. All right. I, won't, I, I want you to save your winner until I say my three, but I want to know who your three are. Okay. I think Elaine's going to make it. I think that uh, Tommy Sheehan, who we just talked about um, in the end of the Vokai tribe, I think that he has a very strong chance to go far. And I also think that... Um, Dean Kalowski has a shot at going. Dean was... Dean was the tech salesman from New York. 28, athletic. Ah, yes. The mental philosopher, I suppose. (laughs) The one who recently discovered that he likes philosophy or whatever. Yeah. Cool. So Ty's final three, Dean, Elaine, Tommy. My prediction... Oh, my prediction, Ty. I actually like more than three people, which is challenging. But I will say this. My final three is Elizabeth, Jack, and Jamal. Elizabeth being the Olympic swimmer. Jack being my new favorite bro, who's going to be the new Devin. And then Jamal being the K-12 counselor, who we just talked about. I really like Jamal. I think Jamal is probably... Uh, one of my one of my top players i just uh, it's so tough like we said info was hard to come by but from what i've seen i like him but i don't know that he has what's gonna get him over the i think some other people that stood out to me too were missy tom the hockey player chelsea the digital content creator lauren the nanny 
uh, Molly. I think there's like a lot of people that I really like, so I'm hopeful that this season will be awesome. But tell me, Ty, Elaine, Tommy, Dean, who's your winner? Um, I think Tommy has the story, but I really, I, I don't know why I think it's going to be Dean. Somehow I think Dean mm. in a, <laughs> in his season where we said casting, I think has done a better job. I go back to the 20 something white guy. <laughs> so who knows what that says wow. about me? Way to go, Ty. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm actually kind of torn. I really like my final three that I just picked, but I'm going to say Jamal. I'm going to buy into the Jamal hype. Jamal to beat Elizabeth and Jack in the final three. So there you have it, Ty. Our longest episode of the year, reliably, <laughs> our preview episode in the books. How do you feel? Uh, spent. Cool. I'm excited for this cast. I think this is a great cast, and I hope I don't eat those words. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the diversity, um, not just with race, but also with age. That's something we've not had a whole lot of and I, I want to see how this goes i'm worried we're gonna get a rob and sandra show which <laughs> yeah know, i was gonna say i guess talked about. the thing that scares me is that we talked most of this episode about an interesting fun cast and not about rob and sandra and who knows how much of the show that's gonna be exactly i hope it's not a rob and andra or <laughs> andra rob and sandra show i hope that these new people get to have their own merit so to say We'll see. I'm excited for the season debut on Wednesday, a 90-minute premiere on September 25th at 8, 7 central on CBS and CBS All Access. For us, we are on the island. Go on Apple Podcasts, write us ratings and reviews as the new season gets going. Share it with your friends wherever they are. Find us on Twitter at On the Island Pod. Anything else, Ty? Just remember, always brush your teeth. Couldn't say it any better myself. For Tyler B. Commons, I'm Taylor Gaines. Oe, 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 bye. <laughs> bye. Go! Go, go, Power Rangers! Is that how that song goes? Uh, go, I think it's like, go, go, Power, go, Rangers. Power Rangers! Go, 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 go! I don't know, I never watched it. Did you ever watch I was Napoleon in... Dynamite? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I did. Me neither. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>